broadcasting from their world headquarters in Texas. It's the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show, the show that discusses arcade repair, restoration, news, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Tim and Jonathan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 26 of the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show for January 2019. My name is Jonathan Leung, the producer, director, and editor of the Arcade Repair Tips video series. And joining me, as always, is Mr. Arcade Repair Tips himself, Tim Peterson. Tim, how are you doing? I'm doing good, John. Yeah. Uh, How's everything going with uh, Mr. Gaddies? It's it's definitely going. Okay. Uh, definitely busy time still. Uh, we have some events coming up, and one we're going to talk about uh, in later in the show. But today is something special today. Oh, what is what is today? <laughs> today is <laughs> April 4th, which yes. is not April Fool's Day. No. Three days later, somebody was born. There you go. So happy birthday, Jonathan. Yes, that guy is named Robert Downey Jr. Okay. And he also plays <laughs> Iron Man. You might be familiar with him. No, obviously my birthday is also today. Thank you, Tim, for the birthday greeting as always. Bon so. Jovi's the same day as me. Oh, well, there you go. Emmett Smith, too. Yeah, my dad has Michael Jordan, which is a pretty oh, that's good one, pretty too. Cool. Uh, but obviously, guys, it is my birthday today. So thank you, everybody, for wishing me a happy birthday already, Tim. I've already gotten several, but we do want to thank everybody for that. Now, Tim, before we get into the show, though, I do want to announce something. We are going to start putting the live show audio up on our podcast feed okay but okay. here's here's the catch is that you won't get the after show okay. okay so you'll get the main podcast audio or the main live show audio but you won't get the after show if you want the after show you will have to go to the live show on youtube to watch it tim which is basically what we're doing right now so right. but tell the guy tell everybody out there what we are going to be covering on the after show today well, we got. Uh, we'll talk about sports and movies and some things we've been doing, and we and also some um, informal Mr. Yeah, Gaddy I want surveys. to take a survey. I've got some ideas on uh, the summer. I want to really push games, and since we're all game players, I want to throw some ideas out and get some feedback from it. Sounds good. So, if you guys want to hear that part and you're listening to the uh, to us on the audio podcast, Tim, make sure that you check out the YouTube video for this live show, episode 26, as well. Now, guys, we do want to remind you that as we go through the show, you can interact with us via the live chat room. So, Tim, it looks like we've already got a couple of people in here. Uh, Louie's in here, obviously oh, one hello, of our social Louis. media managers. We want to thank Louie for being here. Uh, Camaro68 Robertson says, happy birthday. Thank you. Right. I do appreciate all the happy birthdays, Tim, obviously. So, and, uh, uh, and who, who we would have We do thought? have something... Later. Oh, the there's show, something. Unless okay. you want it now. Uh, no, we'll wait. Okay, we'll wait. <laughs> we have a lot of show to get through. All right. Uh, but we're going to be answering y'all's questions tonight, obviously, some of the ones that you guys have sent in via email and on our YouTube channel. So we hope that you stay tuned for those. Uh, but anyway, Tim, is there anything else you'd like to uh, start us off with today? Obviously, Tim, there's several different seasons in Texas. Uh, there's, you know, like tornado season, there's winter, there's fall, but there's also pollen season, right. and that's where right. we are right now. Uh, basically, that's where everything is covered yellow. Right. right. So how has that been going for you? Well, I knew it was coming, so I've been taking my Flonase every day and my Claritin every day. I've been pretty good lately, but the cars are all taking a beating. There's no sense in washing them. Just, no. just you know. Imagine you guys that don't live here, remember back in the day, when your teacher, this may be for your time, Johnson, when they, they used to write in chalk on a chalkboard. No, no, no. I, you, I, I experienced chalkboard. Well, they had a yellow chalk, and it would create this yellow dust everywhere. Well, imagine that times a thousand everywhere, all over your cars, all over your doors, windows. Uh, looks like uh, yellow snow here, so... Absolutely. Yeah, definitely pollen time. Yeah, so if we sound a little nasally, yeah, uh, there's so. a reason for that. Obviously, it's because of all of the pollen that's in the air. But, Tim, I think we can 
continue on. Uh, we've kind of covered our pleasantries and everything. So we will continue on, and let's go ahead and answer some questions. Uh, Tim, we did get a hey, guys, from Iceman. Uh, let's see here. Iceman1540. Hello. Hey, how's it mm -hmm. going? So thanks for being here. So, Tim, let's go ahead and get into the questions like okay. I was saying before. So this first question that we have here, Tim, is from Emmanuel. And he says, can I use the LED light bar that you feature in your video on all machines, like a Midway cabinet or a Century cabinet? Would the voltage matter? So, Tim, a lot of people who are watching this have probably seen our video on installing a light bar in an arcade cabinet right. for the marquee light. So, that particular one, Tim, I believe only runs off 120 volts, right? Yeah, that one in particular did. Right. So, could you use that in any cabinet, or are there some cabinets where that might be the exception? Well, you could use it in any cabinet. It's going to depend how you wire it up. Sure. So, you're going to have to tap. If it's the same one we use, you're going to need to tap into the 120, but there are... LED light bulbs that run on 12 volts and stuff like that, sure. 24 volt. 5 volt. It's 5 volt. So you need to make sure what your light requires, and then that's how, based on how, how it's, whatever it's required, uh, is how you'll hook it up. But if you go down to Lowe's or Home Depot, most of them are going to be 110. And the reason, 110 to 120, and the reason for that, Tim, is because that's pretty much the standard voltage that we use here in the United States. 110, right. 120, somewhere in there, volts AC. And so, yes, yeah, so in order for that to work, you need to make sure that you're getting 120 volts AC to it. Right. Now, and he says he says here, like, would it work in a Midway cabinet or a Century cabinet? Well, sure. Yeah, it could work. It just, like I said, depends on how you wire it up. Because most of them... You most 99% of your monitors in the U.S. are going to run off of the 120 volt too. Sure. So you can always tap into the wires that are going to the monitor if you can't run it straight from your power supply or isolation transformer. Right. Now, there's some cabinets, Tim, like Nintendo cabinets in particular, right, that run off 100 volts. Right. See. So, so in those would cases, need, what would you have to do? Well, you could get a, um, you would have to run it straight from the power cord coming into the game. Where it switches in there, I would do it before the power supply in the Nintendo game. Just run as straight as you can. Or in a couple rare instances, we have had to run a separate plug all the way out of the game and have two plugs coming out. But most of the time, we like to try to avoid that if possible. We yeah. want as many, usually one wire per game coming out the back, you know, if yes, we can, exactly. all possible. And Johnson, you were really good uh, back in the day. We would install little electrical outlets right. inside the game, like a four plug, mm -hmm. and then we could plug up stuff in there inside to where it doesn't. It look you never saw it outside. Exactly. And I always liked the way you would do that to a lot of your games, and I think that that's kind of a good idea too. Well, and it prevents you, Tim, from having to uh, cut the wire or cut the plug off of like that um, that uh, light, for instance. Instead right. of having to cut the plug off of it, you just plug it into. In fact, you. Want to go and show that picture of that sure. light? You can see, guys, that this comes with a cord would actually plug into uh, an outlet. So if you install, so what you kind of do, guys, is the outlet that you see on the wall. You can put up inside your game. Right. You just need a little what they call those game a box. little box. Yeah, yeah like it, a little electrical box thing. But um, right. electrical box and then two plugs. And yeah, you just wire that up like you'd wire up any other plug in your house. All right. And then you can plug that light right into that. Right. So I'll go ahead and read this here for a manual time. Uh, according to the product page for the LED Concepts uh, T5 light bar that we show in the video, it expects an input of 120 volts and 60 hertz of AC electricity. This is pretty much the standard here in the United States, like you mentioned, Tim. In order to use this light bar in your game, you will need to make sure that you have the input going to it 
from the power supply section of your cabinet. Some games, Tim, we mentioned Nintendo cabinets, have a step-down transformer that will change that 120 volts to something else. Right. In the case of a Nintendo cabinet, that's 100 volts AC. In this case, you would need to connect those marquee power wires to the location earlier in the AC wiring before the step-down transformer. Tim, you mentioned right at the cord right. coming into the game, or if there's a line filter in there that the cord goes to, that may be a good place. There's other places as well. But, Tim, it's really important to make sure that whichever light bar that you use for your marquee light, that it's getting whatever input voltage is required. Right. And some are just 12 volts. You could run it straight to the power supply or tap into another wire that's 12 volts. This one right here game. actually is, um, I think, a 12-volt light bar in my Galaga. Okay. So, I mean, just to give you an idea. Now, it also has a, um, a voltage regulator on it, so you can actually turn up and down the brightness of the marquee, which is really nice as well. That's different. So, I mean, I did that. So I'll, I'll do stuff like that. But anyway, so um, yes, in order to use that, you'll have to get that 120 volts AC in manual. As long as your cabinet has 120 volts AC somewhere in it, and Tim, like you mentioned, pretty much every cabinet's going to have that somewhere. Then you should be you should be good to go with it. Tim, anything else uh, for a manual here before we move on? No, it's a. I think most people uh, understand this one pretty good, and we may already have some questions in the chat. Too. I think we do. So let's go ahead and move to those. Uh, let's see. Danny says, "Nice seeing you guys again. Nice seeing you, Danny. Thanks for being." here always let's see camaro 68 robertson says what do you think of the arcade one up pac-man have you guys played it uh tim i got to play a store model of it and uh, it was pretty decent you know I, I thought it played well just like the other arcade one up cabinets tim i didn't the joystick was maybe not quite as you know nice as i would have liked but that can be replaced right. obviously if you don't like that one um but overall tim again the arcade one-ups are a tremendous value for what you get i think right now have you played the pac-man one in particular? i have not played the pac-man i've never i haven't seen it yet yeah there's so. uh, some displays at the walmarts around here okay. some of them have the pac-man one i think the one 64 uh highway 64 tim has the pac-man so if you want to play it but uh, you can also pick up you know you also pick one up or something like that a lot of places have them so uh let's see let's see aaron rothman says did a cap kit and a new flyback on a k7000 and a z-back currently playing mortal kombat 2 it seems really dull like it has slight gray lines running horizontally should i try a tube rejuvenator yes yes um now the the slight gray lines running horizontally tim a Could lot just of times be an adjustment right exactly like a lot of times is the bright like need to um, adjust your brightness your contrast, contrast. and your black level uh -huh. are some of the adjustments on the k7000 tim uh now and you sometimes you have those adjustments tim on the breakout board and sometimes you have those adjustments on the flyback right turning up the brightness on the flyback usually will give you the little raster lines as we like to uh -huh. say so you may try turning, turning that one down that one down and the turning other one the up. other ones up right so turning the black level and the contrast up on the breakout board up and then turning the flyback brightness down to see if that actually helps um i was trying to think of what else tim with that i mean the cap kit should have solved a lot of the brightness issues right it's so, and anytime you do a cap kit a lot of times you do have to make several adjustments after because you've changed a lot of it you exactly know? so you got to go in there and really tweak and adjust it a lot of times sounds good so so aaron hopefully answers your question if you have any other um details that you want to give us on that please let us know Let's see. Louis says, check your caps. Make sure they are the correct direction, proper places. Yes, you could do that as well. Never a bad idea, Tim, to double check your cap positions. Right, or even just touch up the solder on there. A lot of times I've been in a hurry or didn't quite get a good connection on my solder either. But like you mentioned, Tim, whenever you do a cap kit, all those adjustments that were perfectly adjusted are now unadjusted, basically, right. because now you have caps that are working properly. And so a lot of times you do have to go back and make it. Yeah, I've seen times where we did a cap kit and I thought, gosh, that didn't work. Mm -hmm. And then I went and started adjusting. Oh, now it was able to bring back some. It, it the adjustments actually made a lot of difference. Whereas before I was turning it, wasn't really doing much. So it didn't look a lot that great when we were done. 
But as I began to adjust and work on those things, it, the picture did get a lot better. Sounds good. But uh, but we did ask about a tube rejuvenation. That's never a bad idea, especially on an older game. Yeah, exactly. If you've got a tube that's older that you definitely notice some duller colors on, Tim, or maybe some over-brightness on, uh, tube rejuvenation can help that as well. Okay, Tim, I think we're caught up with the live chat. All right. So we will move on here to AJ, Tim. And let me bring up AJ's question for everybody at home. I just picked up a Lost World Jurassic Park arcade game. The video works on it. When I input a quarter and go to push the start button, the game doesn't react to it. So, Tim, um, I think you've probably seen a Lost World Jurassic Park. Probably. Oh, yeah. Have you had one in the past? Gosh, I think so. Yeah, we've had one before. Okay. So, um, it was a light gun game. Right. Okay, and they, I think they made a um, stand-up one. It kind of like, looks like a virtual cop. And then yeah. they made a sit-down one, And the sit-down one with the moving seat back Right, in the exactly. Day. So, they have a couple of different versions of it, Tim. But that's not, obviously, Kevin doesn't matter with his question. Basically, he's trying to coin up the game, trying to push the start button, and we're not getting any kind of reaction from right. the game. So, so what do you yeah. think is going on with AJ here? So we're going to answer his question with a question. There one of the go. first questions we're going to ask is, does it do anything like credit up when he drops a coin? Sure. Because if it does that but doesn't start, then the problem's probably in a start button. Sure. But if he it does not coin up at all, doesn't make a noise, doesn't you know make the uh, cha-ching sound or anything, uh, then the problem is probably either in his uh, coin mech wiring or the switch going to the mech. And those are a couple things that he needs to check. So we kind of need to know a little bit more information, but that's how we would troubleshoot it. If it was coining up but not starting, then we would check the wiring to the start button. Most of the time, a ground will come off or something like that. Uh, you can check your wiring. Always what you need to do is find out your pinouts, and it should be JAMA. Right. And so you check it back to those pins and see if you're getting continuity. If all your wiring is correct, though, every bit of wiring is correct in your switch. You know, sometimes we don't, we just think the wiring's okay, but the switch can go bad. You can test your switch by using continuity also. If your switch is good, your wiring is good and all that, then you could have a board issue, but that's a lot more rare than a wiring or a, but or a switch issue. So Absolutely. that's the two places that we're going to check first. Like I said, that that question that we're going to ask first is, does it do anything when you coin it up and not start, or does it not do anything so thereby it's not starting because it never coins up? Right. And so we got a couple of videos I'm sure he could watch that would help with that. But those would be a couple of questions that we would need a little more information on. Sounds good, Tim. And so we'll go ahead and throw up the slide. I think you covered pretty much everything that we've got here. But um, I'll go ahead and read it. Uh, so does the game, like Tim mentioned, does the game react when you insert a coin or when you press the start button? Do you get reactions on either one of those? Most arcade games will react in a certain way when you insert a coin, either by showing a message on the screen or playing a sound. There's a, a couple of different ways the games can react to a coin drop. Right. And so if your game is not reacting to a coin drop it could mean that you're having problems with the coin switch or the wiring going to it and so make sure you will want to check your coin wiring at that point and the switch as well those switches go bad tim quite a bit in fact yeah because they get used a lot as sure. kids put quarters in the machines coin switches wear down after a while sometimes they have to be adjusted sometimes they have to be outright replaced uh, if the game shows that you have credits but it won't start then like tim mentioned you could have an issue with the start button or the wiring going to it in either case, make sure that the switch is working and the wiring is connected properly. That's really the key, Tim, here. And like you mentioned, could be a board issue, but just seems like a very rare instance where that would occur. Right. Very rare. Out of the 
thousands of issues I've seen with this, maybe a, a handful of board issues. Exactly. You're just not going to have that very often. It is possible, but very rare. So, AJ, hopefully it answers your question, and good luck getting your Lost World Jurassic Park back up and running so everyone can play. Okay, Tim, we got another question from uh, Camaro68 Robertson. What are your suggestions online for a combo Miss Pac-Man Galaga? What would I be paying for a new one? So, uh, Tim, a lot of people who are familiar with the Miss Pac-Man Galaga, it's the 20th anniversary right. uh, arcade. And so, for a new combo Miss Pac Galaga 20th anniversary, what would that go for currently? Well, they're, you don't you have to find a used one. They're not currently not producing, producing them. Uh, you know, I see them all over the place. They have went down some in value. I would say anywhere from eight hundred dollars to maybe fifteen. Right, 12, depending on condition, eight hundred dollars. So I would think somewhere in there. Uh, most people these days, because your sixty and one would have uh, those games on it, will put a sixty and one in something like that. Right, and uh, come out a lot cheaper. You know, right, build so their for own. so for instance, if you wanted to go the sixty and one route, you could get a cabinet like the Holland Computers cabinet that we talk about in assembling a cocktail kit, Tim. If you got a cabinet like that with a sixty and one board, Tim, and you got it on sale, you get that whole setup for about seven hundred, seven fifty. With the board, right? Um, that'd be with the board. The boards, with the yeah, board? 60 and one boards are cheap. They're not right. very expensive. And it's so. brand new. So. Exactly. You get a brand new unit with that. Um, to get an official, though, Miss Pack 20th anniversary Galaga combo, um, like Tim mentioned, about 800 to 1500 is probably a good guess. Now, Tim, they also have Pac-Man Party and some other um, variations that play both, mm -hmm. but I'm not sure um, which ones do and which ones don't. You'd have to consult Namco on right. that. Search but, for Namco USA. Right. And, uh, and, and I think and they've actually, currently they is still, available. they're still technically Namco, but I think they've rebranded a lot of their stuff Pac-Man Entertainment now. Oh, okay. Because it's just, I guess it's easier to identify as Pac-Man than right. Namco. So, but I think Namco Bandai is still also, you know, in their, like, terminologies for their company. So you could contact either one of those entities and they could probably get you uh, a list of the games that come with each of the units that they're currently selling. So, but um, pricing is going to vary depending on where you are in the country, like Louis said. And so it really depends, you know, um, obviously on the coast, Tim, games tend to be a little bit higher, I would say, than Seems in the middle way. of the country. So uh, it just really depends on where you're located as to what the price is going to be so okay i do know the board itself is going for about 200 dollars. so you can now. get you can get just the board for 200 mm -hmm. right and but compare that own. to a 61 which is like 50, 50 right. right exactly that's why i said most people are but you know if you're worried about some legal issues or something maybe you want a dedicated right version or the legal yeah and, that, and that's something, something that we should mention is that um 60 and ones are definitely not legal for commercial use tim Right. So you can't put a 16-in-1. You're not supposed to put 16-in-1 boards out on location. People okay. do it People a lot. People do it all the time, but, but technically it's questionably legal. Right. <laughs> Is that a good way to say it? Yeah. So, but anyway, so keep that in mind. So if you were to put one out on route and actually collect coins from it, you would definitely want something that was licensed by Namco, Tim. Right. For sure. So... Okay, Tim. I think we're caught up, so let us move on. And the next one we have is from Ray. And Ray says, how would you wire up a trackball to a Pandora's Box 5S board? It has 999 games on it and six buttons for each player. Is there anything out there, like a video or something, I could buy? 
Okay, Tim, so we have a question from Ray. He has a Pandora's Box 5 board. Now, Tim, obviously, uh, 5S, excuse me. Right. Obviously, these Pandora's Box boards are very popular now. Mm-hmm. We've seen a lot of them. There's a million different variations of them, kind of like the 60-in-1. Right. Um, except they have a lot more games. Exactly, and they also have way different varieties. So a 3 is different than a 4, is different than a 5, 5S, 6, and so on. Right. Okay, and so... Oh, like iPhones or something. Oh, well, kind, yeah, they come I out guess, with a new one every three or four months. Right, like, I think that's a good... That's actually a very apt comparison, so kind of like how iPhones phones are that's kind of how pandora's box boards are but um i have noticed that like the 5s does have some trackball games all right okay so the question is can we wire up a trackball to this well you know it may be possible but not easily it's not really made it doesn't come with an easy way to do it right now i would assume you could wire in some stuff to the player two one up and all that but it's not, probably not going to play right if the software doesn't support it. Right. And as far as we know, it doesn't. Right. So you really need the software board that's going to support that. And uh, unless we're mistaken, I don't think it does. Right. I don't think the Pandora's box as a whole Tim support trackball, which is kind of funny to put trackball games on there. Right. And not support a trackball. Uh, but we know that the game off boards do support a trackball. Okay, right. because like the four and twelve in ones and the horizontal versions right. do have a place for a trackball. But unlike those Tim, the Pandora's box boards don't. Okay, um, people have done research and found that there are headers on the board Tim that you may be able to hack into. That's what I say. It would take some hacking to right. do it. But, but uh, it looks like you'd have to do, like you mentioned, a software update of some sort because the software natively on it doesn't seem to support trackballs. Right. So, like you mentioned, a lot of work would go into. Or that. if there's some kind of converter board, we're not familiar with it, but that doesn't mean there's not one. So sure. if somebody knows of one, maybe they could chime in on that. So I'll go ahead and throw this up here, Tim, for Ray. From our research, it doesn't look like the Pandora's box boards have trackball or spinner support at this time. While some versions of the board have a six-pin header on them for these types of controls, we don't believe that the software is actually set up to accept them. And Tim, that would be the key. So, the crazy thing is that many Pandora's box boards contain trackball and spinner games in their list. While these games can be technically played with a joystick, this is definitely not the way to play these games or that they were intended to be enjoyed. The Game Off boards do support these controls, Tim. So, if you're going to go that route and uh, and you want a trackball you may look at game elf boards instead tim which are very similar to the pandora's box boards a little bit different menu system uh-huh. but you can find game of boards that play a lot of games just like the pandora's box boards yeah so unfortunately ray we couldn't find anything about um like i said hacking that trackball into that 5s but if you're looking for trackball support you may be better off getting a game elf board instead so Hopefully answers your question, and uh, you know if you do end up uh, f- figuring out a way to support a trackball with it, please let us know, and we will gladly post uh, what you did to accomplish that. So, okay, <clears throat> okay, Tim, we have. Let's see, what we have in here. Um, let's see. Michael says, "Hello, gentlemen. Hope all's well, Jonathan. Uh, does Tim smell like pizza now all the time?" <laughs> well, probably I have for years. Actually, smell like brand new shirt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I, I don't know. You have. I was about to say you have smelled like pizza a lot of the time. Right? Oh yeah, I'm sure I do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now Tim told me once that he actually bleeds pizza sauce. I have not cut him yeah. to, te- to actually check this, but um, that is what he says. I take his word on it. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I get hungry. I just got a vein. Yeah, exactly. You're ready to go and uh, put, put put it on some dough. You're good to yeah. go. So, and it does look like Louie um, sent um, said sent a sixty and one board, or or maybe a working um, a working mispack. He has a link in there for okay. one or the other. I can't tell from the from the conversation. But anyway, let us continue on, Tim. Our next question is from Chuck, and so let's take Chuck's question. Greetings, gentlemen. I hope all is well. Love your videos. Very informative. 
I have a question that would most assuredly appreciate your special insight. I have a 1981 Super Cobra cocktail table with the 60 game chip inserted. Recently, it has been rebooting during the middle of the game. Most of the time, it has been rebooting about every 5 to 10 minutes during play. Do you have any insight as to why it would reboot? Otherwise, it seems to work as intended. Thank you for your assistance. Best wishes, Chuck. Okay, Tim, so we have Chuck here, and Chuck has a Super Cobra cocktail that somebody converted to a 60-in-1. That's okay. what it sounds like from his description. I feel like I took some work. Yeah, <laughs> probably. So the question is, is that every 5 to 10 minutes, it's rebooting. Right. So it'll actually reboot and then start over during gameplay. Okay. Okay, and so Chuck wants to know, what can we do to prevent the reboot? Well, generally when we see a game rebooting, one of the first things we're, we suspect or we're going to check into is the power supply. Right. That is very uh, indicative of a power supply starting to fail or one that just needs to be turned up a little bit. Sure. Because uh, you would know this, Johnson, as a programmer, as certain points of a game require more processing power. Right. And when it's kind of taxed or later in the game or as it heats up, it is not able to put out enough voltage, and thereby it will just shut down. It's not getting the power. Just be like unplugging something right. right in the middle of having a fan on and unplugging it real quick and plugging it back in. It'll disrupt for a minute. Right. So um, that's the first place we're going to check. Uh, after that, you know, then it could be a board issue or some other problem. But most of the time when we see a game that's resetting like that, Especially if it's uh, pretty regular, like he's talking about, every five minutes or so it'll reset. That's uh, usually in, uh, indicative of the power supply failure. Absolutely, Tim. And I agree 100%. When we see rebooting issues like this, guys, power supplies are always the first thing to suspect. Now, Tim, I recently came across a different problem with Cruising USA where the power supply was fine, but it was rebooting. It turned out to be the CMOS battery was bad on okay. the board that was causing that. And so sometimes you'll have stuff like that. Tim, obviously in a game of this age, we won't have that problem. Right. But power as a whole, Tim, usually does cause some some reset or cause the majority of reset issues and right. so that's always the first place to check so let's go ahead and throw this up here tim for chuck he says or we're going to say game resetting issues like this one you're describing are usually caused by a problem with the power supply in your cabinet it could be that the voltage is set too low or the power supply itself is starting to go bad among other things we recommend checking your power supply with a multimeter to see if your board is getting the correct voltage if the voltage is good at startup you might try rechecking it when the game resets to see if it has dropped power supplies are cheap tim they're about thirty dollars so even if it's bad it won't cost you a lot to replace please see our post on checking and replacing a power supply and checking a classic power supply for more information and tim we don't know which one he has in there there is a chance it could be the original power supply right i would guess more than likely somebody's replaced that with a switcher but there's no way to know for sure so make sure you check out both those videos as they cover both topics tim do you have anything else here for chuck before we move on no i think it's pretty pretty explanatory but of course if his power supply is good even i've seen one read good voltage but you know it's amps that really matter and sometimes they just not producing the right amount of amps and stuff. Sometimes I've just seen replacing that power supply as usually does wonders. Absolutely. So Chuck, hopefully answers your question, and good luck at keeping your Super Cobra 1 from resetting once again. Okay, Tim, we've got a couple of questions here. Michael says today's pickup: a two-player gauntlet with hack to play both one and two, but no sound. Replace the audio amp, but still nothing. So suggestions. 
Okay, so he's got a, a gauntlet. It's hacked to play both versions of the game. Or right. I should say Gauntlet 1, Gauntlet 2. But he's not getting any sound. Okay, he's replaced the audio amp. But he's still not getting anything. Okay. So, I mean, what do you? Th- what else? Do you, what other suggestions do you have for Michael besides? Well, that? you know, don't ever assume that your speaker is good. Right. I mean, you can... especially if it's doing it on both boards. If right. it's doing it on both boards, then it has to be something past the board board level, right? Right. And the... that's where I would always have that spare board around to plug in to see if it's something internal on the board that needs to be rebuilt. Right. Especially since it's been hacked. You know, there could easily be something that didn't get hooked up or uh, jumpered right or whatever they did to do that um, but a lot of times we, you know we we sometimes you just take for granted that it's not the speaker and it could be the speaker it could be the wires going to the speaker and it could be a volume pot or something going bad so right. now he replaced the audio amp which a lot of times has the volume pot on it It should have it right on so i mean hopefully if that's the case then he's taking care of that part of it right but wiring and speaker itself is kind of where we're at especially if you're having it with both boards yeah and if you can test your speaker in another game is easy or to move a speaker or another board into that game and to see if it would play would be something that would help him narrow down a little bit is it a board issue is it this amp or is it, um, you know, a speaker or wiring? I mean, there's not very much that it could be. Right, exactly. It's really, you know, it's kind of one of the three or four things, you know. Um, other other things that could influence it are so rare that it's almost not worth mentioning. Now, we should, now I don't know about Galaga 10, but we've mentioned this before, that negative 5 volts is required by a lot of game boards in order to output audio. Right. Uh, and a lot of those are like Lethal Enforcers is an example of that, Tim. I think NBA Jam is like that. Uh, Tick and Tag may be like that, Tim. But you may make sure that both of the boards are getting the negative 5 volts as well. I'm not sure if Gauntlet requires that, Tim, for audio. I don't know. I'm not sure either, but, but it there's would be a- in the... Pinouts or the manual would tell Right, but there's a lot of boards that do require negative 5 volts as well, so make sure that if that game requires it, that you are getting it to the board. So, Okay, let's see what else we have. Danny, I talked to you guys about getting a flash drive for my Vapor TRX. I got it, installed it, um, and one of the IDE hard drive pins broke off the board. I am not very happy. Is there any way to fix? So, Tim, so basically, um, as you know, there's a header that the um, that the hard drive actually connects to via ribbon uh-huh. cable. And so I think what he's saying is that he broke off one of the pins in that header. Right. Okay, so is there a way to fix that? Well, you can repin it, but right. it's pretty hard. I mean, you know, it's a, I would say um, if you go to any electronics website like Mouser or DigiKey or... Uh, Newark or something Allied. like that, Allied, they're going to sell uh, pins. And They'll it's sell a header. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like a Molex connector where you crimp, you strip it and crimp it on there. Most of the time, though, a lot of people, it's more trouble than it's worth than to just go ahead at that time and replace the whole drive or something, whatever the pin broke off of. Right. Well, I mean, well, that's the thing, Tim, is that he's trying to connect his flash drive to the same place that his hard drive was. Okay. And he broke a pin in the process is what it sounds like. Let me double, double check that. Uh, yeah, one of the pins broke off the actual physical board. Oh, okay. Okay, and so what I'm thinking is that you're going to have to replace that whole header, that whole um, header yeah. pin. So they you have de-solder to desolder it on the back, right? You have to desolder it and solder a new set of head, a new header back in there. Now, in a pinch, <laughs> I have, um, you know, taken it off of another part of a board that's not used or yeah. something, or old an computer. old board, <laughs> old computer, right? Old computer and, um, and did that, you know. So you could just stick the pin in that one, desolder that one, and then solder it back in. I have done that, right? Uh, it's not easy to do. It takes a little time and some, you know pretty precision soldering but it can be done 
Okay, but more Tim, it's really probably best to just go ahead and replace the whole thing. Yeah, it's usually I mean, easier. To... Exactly. Instead of instead of having to um, just do the single pin, but in a pinch, Tim, I could definitely see how the single pin would be helpful. Yeah. So if you want to do that route, so let's see what else. Um, I mean, worst case scenario, I have jumper to wire all the way around to the back side of it. Right. Is so that... te- so technically, you could run a wire from that from that pin to all the, way the around to the, the little the... board that the flash drive is on. Yes, you yeah. could. I mean, right. I'm just saying, you know, because that would make the connection. Yes. But then it would be off the connector. connector. Right. right. So okay. So hopefully it answers your question, Danny. So your best your best bet is to desolder the entire header that's on the board for your IDE drive and solder a new one in its place. And like Tim mentioned, DigiKey and Mauser are going to have those replacement header pins that you can get, and you all just have to figure out. I mean, they have a I forget or what the standard to, IDE size is, but or whatever. Or go it is to you can old get. computers. So you got some busted boards I could rob. Yeah, you may be able to rob one off of an old uh, computer, computer yeah. board. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a good way to think about it too, Tim. So hopefully, Danny, that answers your question, and good luck getting that Vapor TRX back up and running. Okay, let's see. It's definitely something I've done before. Yeah, absolutely. So, but oh, um, and Louis also posted possible fixes for the gauntlet sound issue. Okay, so, which nice. may Thank help you, as well. Louis. So, I mean, you may check out that post for Louis and Louis. We thank you for doing that. So, okay, Tim, I think we're caught up once again. So we will move on to Anthony. And Anthony says, "Hi, I have an Area 51, and I'm trying to figure out how to get to the test menu so I can calibrate the light guns. Mm-hmm. In the coin box, there are two buttons with no label. One button doesn't do anything, and the other button resets the game. Is the test menu button somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Okay, Tim. So uh, we got Anthony here, Area 51. I'm trying to calibrate my guns, trying to get into the test menu, and I'm hitting that button, and that button's not doing anything. I hit the other button, and it resets the game. So what's well, going on? Well, one of them should be the test button. Yes, Obviously, absolutely. that's normally how you get into it. The only way you're going to know for sure, Anthony, is to do some meter continuity tests from those pins. Where do they go? Right. Where do they end up on your harness? And your harness, I think it's like pin 15 or something is the test. Right. And I may be off there, but, um, you know, go back around and you can make sure that that's wired up correctly. The fact that one completely resets makes me really feel like somebody's messed with it. Uh, Those buttons do go bad, so you can test them also with a meter by checking. They should be a momentarily type button. Uh, You can even... uh, run straight wires to a push button we've done before just to get into the test menu. It's right. your game. You're not having a route or anything. So um, it's a couple of options there. But m- one of those should be, you're right, should go into the test. The fact now, that they're not, Devin, you got to test. Devin in the chat here says um, that Area 51 has a test switch on the board. Okay. So you don't even have to wire one up. He says flip, uh, flip switch, power up, and done. So there's actually an actual test switch on the board that he can flip. That's as well. awesome. So that means he doesn't have to. Wire I didn't remember that. I didn't so know that thank either. You, Devin. So exactly, it's always good to get some other input from the chat here, Tim. But apparently, you can just flip a switch on the board, power it up, and it'll boot up in the test mode. Okay. So if that's so the check case, your dip switch settings. And right. Just... Now, with that said, we still like having a wired switch right. up in there, and so we would recommend wiring up a test mode switch. And something's the really wrong there if it resets if you hit it. Right. It must be shorted. Or they're both hooked up to that one button. It's kind of what it sounds like. It's like you're hitting test and service at the same time, and it just like 
okay, I'll start over. I don't know what you want to do. Right. Uh, so check, run your wire checks all the way back to the board. But thank you, Devin, for that tip. That was a good one. Absolutely. So hopefully Anthony answered your question. Let's go ahead and put up this slide here, Tim, with the stuff that you talked about. Usually the two buttons located inside the coin door are wired to the test. Pin 15, okay. Tim, you're right. And no, service. Good. Pin R pins on your JAMA harness. You're correct in assuming that one of these buttons, usually the test button, would take you to the test mode so you can calibrate the guns. And Tim, I put up a little test. That's what it looks like on the Area 51. Okay. From your description, it sounds like these buttons are either not working or wired incorrectly. We recommend using the continuity setting on your multimeter. Check the buttons themselves and the wiring back to the board to make sure everything is working properly. Or Tim, like David mentioned in the chat, you may just be able to switch a dip switch or something on the board and get into the test mode. That's cool. Which is really easy as well, which means it wouldn't require any additional wiring on your part. So either one of those will get you in the test mode, Anthony. So try those and let us know if you have any trouble with them. Hopefully you can get into test mode and calibrate your guns. Okay, Tim, let's see here. Um, now, Michael gave us an update. He says it's a one-board ion pool gauntlet multi-hack on the gauntlet. So it plays gauntlet one and two, but it's a single board. Okay. So there's a possibility that there's some issues on the board with the audio as well. That's quite possible. Right. So And, and like I said, Louie did also um, post a, a, um, a link to some soundboard issue things that may help as well. Um, I don't know that board specifically good enough to know um, about the sound troubleshooting on it yeah, as far either. as like where it is on the board or anything like that. Uh, we could look at it and see, but don't know it off the top of my head for sure. So maybe try that link. And again, you know, um, some of the stuff we talked about too, like Tim mentioned, speaker wiring, negative five volts may help as well. All right, you can run the traces back from where your wire, yeah. speaker wires plug into your JAMA, the part on the right. board, run those down and they'll go right to a, uh, usually a transistor section. or something. Right. A caps in that area, a lot of those things can be rebuilt and help with the sound. A lot of times it's just a simple... Uh, resistor or transistor or a cap or something right in that area and usually not very many components you can rebuild them there you go so okay let's see what else we have here greg says i have an original arcade legends with a bad display monitor is it possible to re replace with an updated digital monitor in lieu of a tube Yes, sure. um, and I believe the Arcade Legends boards, Tim, they're very new. They're a lot newer, mm -hmm. so there's a possibility, Tim, that they, they may VGA have a VGA plug. on them. And so what we would recommend doing is looking at your Arcade Legends board and seeing what kind of output you have. If you have a VGA plug, that may mean that you can use pretty much any computer monitor in there, Tim. But, of uh, course, we're always going to recommend going with a commercial-grade arcade-quality LCD. Right. Can we say that again? Yes. Commercial-grade arcade-quality LCD is always what we're going to recommend. So if it has a 19-inch in it, in it now, they make 19-inch LCDs that will fit in there very easily. And one way you'll know is it won't be enclosed all the way around in a case. It'll, right. The back will be kind of open, metal. What they call it, open, open, open bezel frame. or open frame, yes. And there's a reason why. So it allows a lot of that heat and stuff in your cabinet to uh, not affect it. And you don't have to have a remote control to turn it on every right. time. The LCDs that Wells Garner makes, Tim, for in the 19-inch size are right. $230. Right. I mean, like regular price. Right. So, I mean, you know, which but is... Holland a, Computer sells them for... They have a, a kind of a knockoff that's a little bit cheaper, mm -hmm. um, but it really just depends on what you want to go with. But Tim, between $200 and $250, or between $150 and $250, you can get a replacement LCD that's open frame, ready to drop in your game. Right. So that's what it comes down to. So yes, you can replace it with an LCD. We re highly recommend commercial commercial grade arcade quality LCDs, which you can get from places like Hap, Hap Controls, Controls, Twisted mm -hmm. Quarter, Betson, uh, Betson uh, what'd you say, HollandComputers.com, any of those places you can get arcade quality open frame LCDs. So make sure you get that for your game. So, um, yeah, and Louie's still replying on some of the stuff about the gauntlet as well. Nice. So I think we're good. 
Kata? Kata. I'm going to call us Kata. Okay. Okay, here we go. So let us continue on, Tim. The next question we have is from Ricardo. And Ricardo says, Would you please give me advice on my Marvel vs. Capcom arcade game? The screen went blank while a group of friends were playing it. Later yesterday evening, I noticed the 4-amp fuse was gone. So this afternoon, I put a new 4-amp fuse and it popped immediately when I plugged the arcade in. Any ideas what is wrong and what shall I do? Attach pictures of the arcade and cabinet. And Tim, I went ahead and um, threw these up here. So as you can see, Tim, it's uh, one of these Dynamo cabinets. It's got, um, you know, Marvel vs. Capcom in it, Tim. Sharp image monitor in there. Okay. Okay, so and you can actually see where he did it. So, Tim, the fuse, it, I mean, just looking at his cabinet here, I didn't see any fuses in the bottom of the game. All right. So I'm pretty sure that the fuse he's talking about is chassis. on the monitor chassis. Right. So, so Tim, he's blowing a 4-amp fuse on the monitor chassis. What do you think's going on with Ricardo's sharp image monitor? Here? Well, that would be my first question. Where was the fuse that blew? If it's down in the bottom of the game, it could be multiple Now, areas, I will say this. Yeah, Ricardo did send us an additional email with follow-up saying it was on the monitor chassis. Okay. So we so know that right it's now. It's on the monitor chassis, then there obviously is a pro problem in his monitor chassis. Right. And uh, usually it's in the power supply section. Uh, could be a problem with the hot or uh, some something in that area. Usually it's uh, the the hot, you know. Now, and Tim, this is a great, I think this is a great opportunity for us to uh, take a moment to plug one of our videos on troubleshooting games that are playing blind, where we yes. had this exact problem, where we had a chassis that was just popping fuses, popping fuses, and then you can see us walk through all of that. Tim, of course, we replaced the hot, when we replaced the hot, what happened? Right. We just kept, we saw the arcing. Right. And so then we replaced the flyback. So right. it could be, now, not saying that your particular problem is hot and flyback. could be diodes. could be something else in there. But it's usually, like Tim mentioned, in the power supply section of the chassis. I think if you'll watch that video, any literally anything that could go wrong, can go wrong, is in that video. <laughs> and it'll be one of those things more than they likely. Go. Now, Tim, I was able to track down just from the pictures Ricardo sent us which sharp image monitor he has. He has an SI727R DS. Okay. Okay, and so I put that here in the reply, Tim. I'll go ahead and show this. Uh, from your pictures, it looks like you have a sharp image, like we said, SI-727RDS monitor chassis in your game. When a fuse blows on your chassis, it's usually indicative of a problem in the power supply section. Check the horizontal output transistor and other parts in this section to make sure they are working proper properly and that there are no shorts. And like we mentioned, Tim, see our post on troubleshooting games that are playing blind. And Tim, you know Ken Layton? Yes. He has a great repair guide for this monitor. Oh, and wow. we have a link there to it, which All we'll right. be putting in the comments, or which we'll be putting in the show notes down below. It's not then down there that's now. That's where I would definitely go. Right, but it actually lists all of the parts that are in the power supply section, Tim. Okay. So you could go through and check each one, and it lists what it is. Okay. So you can order it. Wow. So you could go through, check each part in the power supply so section. So that would be a great thing to go ahead and watch that and just go ahead and replace all that stuff. Exactly. Well, I mean, you don't have to replace all of it. Test all of it. Or if you don't want to test it, you could buy like a whole, uh, like you mentioned, you could buy all the parts. But right. test the stuff that he has listed in the power supply section. And then that should tell you, you know, that should allow you to troubleshoot exactly where the problem is in your power supply. So yep. there you go. So Ricardo, hopefully answers your question. But Tim, uh, like we mentioned, hot. Hot is a very good place to start because it seems like whenever we get fuses blowing, it seems like it's a hot issue, especially right. when it happens all of a sudden. Right. Uh, you know, and I think in this particular case, it's very possible we can have a hot issue and maybe caused by a bad flyback. Probably so. So there we go. So, oh, Ricardo's in. He's in the uh, chat room. Oh, hello, He says, Ricardo. thank you. 
You're welcome. And I will look. Okay. You're welcome. So that thanks link for being here. would probably be more helpful than anything I've said tonight. Okay, I'm going to put that up here so um, you can see the link down there. It's the very last part of it there, Tim. And we will be putting it down in the show description as well. But uh, bit.ly slash si-727rds-guide. Uh, Ken Layton, Tim, obviously knows his stuff. And he yes. was able to go through there and pretty much break down every part that's on the chassis. So he actually has it broke down by section and which parts are in that section. Which wow. Which is great, man. Oh, what a... You could have asked for a, a better monitor to happen to then if you could go to that link <laughs> exactly. and get that kind of information. Absolutely, Tim. So, Ricardo, hopefully answers your question, and good luck getting that Marvel vs. Capcom back up and running. Tim, I have a Marvel vs. Capcom as well. Oh, yeah. Love my Marvel vs. Capcom's great game. So, Okay, let's see what else we got here. Um, oh, um, let's see. Michael says, I've got a 16 by 10 28-inch Dell for cheap to replace my welded Scanner U2000. I went that route because the vertical height is almost identical to the 24-inch while still physically fitting my midway cabinet. Yeah, if you can find an LCD match, Tim, that will match your cabinet um, as far as the orientation is concerned. Right. I mean, that's, I mean, and the aspect ratio, that's a huge win for you, Michael. So. What I would highly recommend, though, is putting a couple of fans in there and really keeping that cabinet a lot cooler absolutely you always want to always want to have good ventilation especially if you're putting a monitor in there tim that's encased of right. course you can always take those monitors out of the case as well so okay let's see what else we got here uh okay i think we're caught up pretty okay. much yeah um louis posted some more stuff um it looks like about troubleshooting some games and um he posted a link for greg on the arcade legends as well so there you go awesome. so we got a couple of things in there louis is working overtime tonight uh, yes. tim i wish we paid him sorry he's louis you that. deserve money so i'm gonna give him a raise ah uh, there you go <laughs> give him a raise double him. what he's making double, right yeah so uh, or at least work double we want to thank louis for all of the work that <laughs> he puts in on the social media pages as well as in the live show chat room so uh, good stuff there it's a 5% raise this year. There you go. Okay, Tim. Now, this is just, I kind of jumbled a couple of, or three YouTube, a couple or three. Okay. A couple of three YouTube questions together, and so this is what we have here, and we'll just kind of hit them all together. Uh, hey, Seuss, can I install a chassis arcade on a normal CRT TV? Now, don't answer these yet. Okay. Leader says, hello, guys. I was wondering if you could help me build my own arcade machine. I've got a new Samsung HDTV computer and a barrel of monkey's cabinet, but I don't know what to do. Will you show me how, please? And then Lance says, I've got a 1987 Miss Pac-Man. My screen needs to be replaced. Okay, so let's take Jesus's first, Tim. Can I install a chassis arcade on a normal TV? Sure. Okay, we're done. <laughs> no, of course you can. Um, so you have to find a... Um, Converter. A, well, you type. need to find a chassis that's compatible with your tube. Right. Or vice versa, depending on which way you're going. So if you have a CRT TV, you need to find a chassis that's compatible with that. Tim, there is a universal chassis that you may be aware right. of that you can find on eBay and places like that. And so the universal chassis may be a really good way for you to go. Which we've never used, but we have heard of. Right, which we've never used, but we have heard of. And uh, that may be a really good way for you to go if you want to go that route. So if you have an old TV lying around and you'd like to use that in an arcade game, you may look into the universal chassis. Tim, there's a lot of sellers on eBay that can you know help you with that. Right. Um, but uh, Or you can find a chassis that's compatible with your tube, and you just need to make sure that you take all the, set, all the readings off your tube, your horizontal, your vertical, and all that kind of stuff, so that way you can get it. You can get a good match for your tube. So, mm -hmm. um, so yes, it is possible. Like I said, you can either use a universal chassis or find a chassis that's compatible with your tube. Tim, uh, the leader, he says that he wants to build. Our leader says he wants to build an arcade machine out of a barrel of monkeys, a computer, and a monitor. Is it possible? 
It's possible. Right. I, I don't know how probable. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> like, why would you ruin a barrel monkey? Some kid would really love to have that game, and it's fun. Right. Well, we don't know. It may you not be working, one. Tim. He doesn't say whether or not it's working. Yeah. So it may be, remember, sometimes you use what you have. It's still a popular arcade game. Right. I mean, that kids would enjoy. So an operator would probably give you something for it. I know I would. Right. So, um, you know... But yes, it's possible. The only problem is the barrel monkey doesn't have any directional controls or anything. I right, just got what one big button, right? All right. So you're going to have to probably rewire it. Uh, you have to get some kind of encoder, uh, like a keyboard encoder, like an iPad or something. And uh, but yes, it's definitely possible. To hook up, kind of run MAME in it would be probably the best thing. Sure, and I mean it's already got an LCD in it, Tim. So hooking up a computer, in, or he says he has an LCD, but it also has an LCD in it. Right. So there's a good chance you could just tap into the LCD that's already there. You may not have to use your own. So and we'll show a bear monkeys here in a second, Tim, for people who don't know what it okay. looks like. Um, and then what about Lance? So Lance just wants to replace the uh, monitor that's currently in his miss pack with a new one. Yeah, you know, it started off, it said, Tim, I think I know Lance. I oh, think okay. Lance is from Longview, and if it's the Lance that I'm thinking about, we talked a little about this, um, that he, yeah, you're going to have to put in an LCD that, and again, we're going to recommend uh, um, Arcade, Wells Garner, or some open frame. open frame, arcade version of it. So Commercial grade, arcade quality Yeah, LCD. and you may have to, you're going to have to build some brackets or something, uh, up in there, we just wood brackets would work, right? And uh, something to brace we have it a so video, it sets in. We have a video that we have recorded that I have not edited. Do not blame Tim for not releasing <laughs> videos. It is totally my fault. I will take full responsibility for it. We have like ten in the can, and I can't find the time to edit them. That's all right. So We're it good. is what it is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can I get some leniency today? I, well, hopefully? I require a lot of editing. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't know this either. The, the, all the outtakes and stuff, and. Uh, well, they might know by watching the live show because we can't. We don't edit this. That's much. right. This is totally unedited, totally unscripted. Well, I should say not unscripted, but uh, right. mostly un mostly un unscripted here. So yes, um, but it's something that requires so much editing. It's just that the videos we've shot recently are pretty long, and it takes a long time to edit a long video. Right, and that's what it comes. So down look to. for a video coming. Sometime. About that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So there we go. Uh, Tim, so let me go ahead and go over all of the questions that we got here. Hey, Seuss, yes, you can use a universal monitor chassis or find another chassis that's compatible with your tube. And Tim, I uh, went ahead and linked to the 8-liners tube swap page because that will show you how to take the readings off your tube. Right. Because even if you buy the universal chassis, you'll have to take the readings off your tube so they know how to set it up for you. Gotcha. Okay, so that's something to keep in mind. Louis also posted a uh, link to the universal chassis for 25 to 29 inch monitors nice. so if you guys if you need that he posted that in the live chat leader the process should be pretty easy to convert your barrel monkeys to an arcade cabinet modern computer connection should be the same as it was outside the cabinet uh tim mentioned you'll need a joystick and a keyboard encoder more than likely yeah, and an amp for buttons, the speaker probably a lot of a lot of work that's this really would be a pretty difficult conversion than most games would be right now you'll see the speakers though that has on the sides there tim and mm -hmm. the lcd monitor i mean I'm thinking you can tap into most of that stuff. So really, oh, sure. you need like a joystick, buttons, keyboard encoder, and computer, and a set and an amplifier. If you had those things, you could probably make it into a main pretty easy. Yes. But like you said, if it's a working barrel monkeys, I think you'd want to keep it a barrel monkeys. Right? right. And trade for an empty cabinet or something that you could convert a little easier. 
There you go. It's so, more set up for it, you know. Absolutely. So, and then Lance CRTs in this size are tough to find in the 19 inch. You know, you really we can find bigger LCDs now, to, or bigger CRTs now. Like you can find the 25, 27s, but you can't find 19 inches. So you really have to go LCD, like Tim mentioned. And again, open frame, commercial grade, arcade quality LCD. Uh, we have a link there, Tim, to the Wells Garner 19 inch that mm -hmm. twisted quarter cells. That's a great, a great example for you. So if you want to go to that link, which we'll also put in the show description, you can go there and get that one. That one should work in your game. Already, Tim, already got the, um, uh, the the converter board, you know, converter installed. So, I mean, all you have to do is just basically it's plug and play. You hook it up. Right. I say plug and play. But you have to hook it up. You'll have to match the current wiring in your cabinet to the pinouts of the new monitor. But once you do that, you should be good to go. So, okay. There we go. Did we cover everything? Did we get through so. all three of those? Awesome. Now, Tim, we have your tech tip next. But we do have a couple of questions okay. in here before we get to that. So, um, Delusional says, hi, all. Delusional submitted his um, his channel for us to show on the live show. Right. But we didn't get, we, we did the outline before we got his email. So, Delusional, we're going to try to fit you in next time. We already reviewed your channel. We do think it qualifies. So, we're going to try to get your, your channel on the next episode. So, watch for that coming up on the May e episodes 27 for Delusional's Arcade and our promotion okay. for him. He's got a question, though? No, he's just saying hi. Well, uh, Michael says, my wife Danny is listening to, she, she says, hey. Well, hey, Danny. Hello, Danny. There you go. Mm -hmm. So we don't mind throwing haze out. We'll right. throw haze out all day long. So, okay, uh, Danny. Great. You guys have helped me out. I fixed a lot of my arcades because you guys. Thank you very much. Oh, thank, uh, you, thank you, Danny. It's always great to hear that from everybody. We love to hear people fix their games, Tim. That's why we do what we do. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, oh, and, you know, Delusional says he looks for 19-inch televisions when looking for replacement monitors. And, again, easy to do like we talked about. Find a 19-inch TV. You can get the universal chassis or there's a lot of different, like, older chassis, Tim, that will fit and mm -hmm. will work fine. So, yeah, if you want to go CRT routes, still can't find 19-inch CRT out there um but they can be a little tricky to find sometimes unless yeah. you want to you know unless you want to dig through goodwills and and you know junkyards and good stuff place like that. To get them. there mm -hmm. you go so okay there we go okay i think we're caught up are we caught up cool okay tim it looks like you've got your tech tip for this month why don't you tell us what your tech tip is okay we're going to talk about a test pattern generator okay so what and is a test pattern generator well pretty much it's something you hook up to your monitor and you can run through test patterns without a board or anything hooked up where you can see and make adjustments to your monitor kind of for those of you who really like to get it dialed in and right. correct. Okay. Or to see if the problem is in your monitor, it does kind of help troubleshoot that a little bit too. Right. If it's a well, we have a lot of questions. Could it be my tube or could it be the um, chassis or whatever? This could help with that also. Gotcha. So let's go ahead and put this up here, Tim, and you can tell us a little bit more about it. Um, it says the Crafty Mech Test Pattern Generator is a very handy device for arcade monitor repair. Tim, we have the product link and the purchase link here. So tell us a little bit more about exactly how this works. Well, it's got a 9-volt battery. That's all it is. And then it just hooks up and features a dozen patterns that you're, you know, I'm just kind of reading here. The crosshatch, color bar, solar colors, checkerboard, uh, multiple sync outputs. So you can test different kinds. Horizontal, horizontal vertical, positive, negative, compo composite, positive and negative syncs, all that kind of stuff. Red, green, blue cutoff, and inverted mode for Sanyo Sharp monitors, which is really cool. Right. That it allows you to do that. I, can you remember the price on it, Jonathan? I can't off the top of my head. I think it's less than 100 but I'm not sure, like, right off the top of my head what the pricing was on it. I'm sure um, Louis so, can probably look it up for us. Especially if you've got a lot of games. If you just have one game, I don't know that this is necessarily something, but if you've got a garage full like you, Jonathan, 
or just you're that kind of guy that you like to have a lot of different uh, tools. Definitely for the intermediate kind of person's uh, toolbox or go, go, leaning towards more advanced. But as you, some of you guys are real particular, and that's great. You know, you really want everything to look and play like new. Then I would say this is almost a must-have for that kind of guy. For the casual collector, may not be eighty-nine dollars. Eighty-nine dollars. I was okay. about to say, no, it's less than a hundred. Eighty-nine dollars. Right. So um, that helps a lot, just to to be able to see those patterns and line everything up. Also, sometimes your yoke wires and stuff will get off, and right. you, and it helps you to kind of dial in and make sure that all that crosshairs and stuff like that will help you, um, you know, get, really get your picture sharp and convergence and everything straight. Right. And one of the things I like it for, Tim, is like color bars. You can make sure that all of your co colors are level across the board. Right. So you don't have one color darker than another Yeah, think color. of it kind of like the printer. You know, have those printer cartridges like at work. It'll say, oh, the red is way down here and the blue is okay. It's above the line. It's kind of what we're talking about. You can say, okay, my red is really... It doesn't matter how much I turn this, or even if my picture looks okay, my red is really not up where it should be, which means it's not going to get any better. Right. So maybe it's a good time to rebuild or, or, or something. Could be a, you know, a color time. transistor or something exactly. like that. Exactly. So it kind of helps you narrow down where the problem is, too. Right. So that's the Crafty Mech Test Pattern Generator. Now, Tim, these used to be available, like, on the KLOV forums. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the thing about it is, though, is you can never get them. Right. Because, like, he would sell it almost immediately. Now they're available at, like, every arcade retailer. So, right. So, I mean, you can get them from Arcade Shop, Mike's Arcade. I mean, you can pretty much get them anywhere, Tim, which makes it a whole lot easier to grab one of these if you want one. If you so. see the picture, too, they're real easy to hook up. See, it's got the the pins no, right moderate, there. Yeah, modern like outlet. Where you hook it up right to it, so it makes it a lot easier. And Louis to mentions hook up. that you can get the cables that hook to the monitor. Um, you know, so uh, there are two different sets that you can use, and so mm -hmm. that makes it real easy to where you just basically unplug what's on your monitor chassis now, and you plug plug this in with the cable, you're good to go. Yep. So um, yeah, so the the crafty mech test pattern generator, Tim, and you guys can pick one up, eighty nine dollars, like we talked about. Uh, great tool to have if you have a ton of monitors lying around and you need to troubleshoot. So yeah, you just like having all the arcade repair tools exactly it's good, definitely good a good one to have. now tim last month you mentioned the um uh the infinite keys yes i ordered two of them from paradise okay. arcade shop when they went on sale um, oh, i'm looking cool. forward to installing them. yeah we need to do yeah, that yeah so maybe we'll, we'll do a video, a video on that because um it, it looks very easy and i'm very excited about getting a couple of my cs cps2 boards bulletproofed so yes. in fact um what what we have we had um who was that that we were helping earlier tim uh let me i gotta look through here Ricardo. We had Ricardo had a Marvel vs. Capcom board. So Ricardo, Marvel vs. Capcom boards are CPS2 based, which means that they have suicide batteries on them. Um, you can install the Infinity key, which will keep it from suiciding, Tim. Basically keep the board from dying. Right. Um, a lot of people have done Phoenix ROMs in the past, which is another way to accomplish that. But the Infinity key is cheap and works on any CPS2 board. We talked about it last month. Make sure you check that out if you haven't already. So. Okay, let's see what else we have here. Okay, Danny says, how many power shutoffs should be in my arcade? It has one, one, one on my coin door. I don't think that's right. If someone loses a, co uh, a coin, go to fix the power. How could you get rid of it? So, Tim, anytime you want to get rid of, like, any of those power switches in your game, you can just unplug the wires from it and basically connect them together, right? Yes. And that will wire around the switch. Right. And so, yeah, if you want to get rid of... Um, 
Tim, a lot of people don't have power switches, but they have kill switches. Right. Um, or what, what do we call those things? I always forget the proper name for them. We call them kill switches, but they're um, inter, interlock, interlock, switches. interlock switches. So um, if you want to wire around an interlock switch, it's the same way. You just need to connect the wires on the internet lock switch. So Or a lot of people don't know you can actually pull it. Right. Interlock switches you can also So pull. you could pull it and unscrew it and screw Rotate it. it. Opposite of the door, right, and then it never gets hit, and it doesn't. doesn't or you go can off. wire around it, whichever yeah. way you want to do. But yeah, I mean, basically, all you have to do those take the wires off the power switch and then connect them together. Right. That will get around it. So, okay, let's see what else we have. Uh, where do you buy the Infinity Key? Paradise Arcade Shop is where you're going to get it. Paradise Arcade Shop, and it's the Undamned Infinity Key is the name of it. So right. that is where you get it. Paradise Arcade Shop. That's yep. it. Okay, good. So the Undamned Infinity, Undamned is the name of the, um, the avatar of the guy who who um, developed it. Okay. And I noticed that he also follows us on Twitter now after we talked about him. So awesome. So I want to thank him so much for that. It is the coolest thing, Tim. Okay. I mean, really, it is really awesome. So there you go. Okay, Tim. Well, I think it's time to get into our news section. And so you want to go ahead and we'll tackle um, one of the big... One of the big news items, Tim, yeah. since we last talked, is the release of a new Black Knight pinball machine. Yes, finally. Black Knight Sword of Rage pinball revealed. And, Tim, uh, you can check out IGN and this URL for more information on it. They've got images and videos and details and an interview with Steve Ritchie, of course, the creator okay. of the game. So, Stern Pinball announced Black Knight Sword of Rage, which is slated to be released sometime this year. This will be the third game in the series. Announcement of this pinball machine came one day after the end of Pinball Festival. And, Tim, you and me were talking about right. this and how um you know it was one day after pinball festival right which the seemed, morning after the morning after pinball festival which was like a monday right monday morning so monday morning they announced that black knight 3 basically is or b3k if you want to call it that is coming out and your question was why didn't they announce it at the Texas Finball Festival? And I said, well... What difference did one day make? I said, there's a lot of reasons that they didn't announce it at the mm-hmm. Finball Festival. And we kind of went back and forth about it. But then we realized, Tim, that we have a platform for such a debate. Right. And that will be the arcade debate segment for tonight. So let's go ahead and put this up here, Tim. Should Stern Pinball have announced... Black Knight, Sword of Rage, at the Texas Pinball Festival, instead of announcing it one day after. So, Tim, you and me were arguing about this, but instead of arguing about it over text, we will now argue about it in real life. All right. On a live show. And so, Tim, let us draw our battle lines. Uh Okay. Okay, and we'll do a little restart here, and then we will continue. Are are you ready? Are you okay here? Oh, okay. Just Just trying to find that line? Yeah. There you go. Uh, Yeah, you got your elbow in my space. Yeah, get out of there. Anyway, so uh, we'll do a quick reset here, guys, and then we'll come back with our debate. Well, hello, guys, and welcome for... Uh, and thank you for joining us, Tim, I should say, for the arcade debate segment tonight. Tim, our debate topic, obviously you probably heard about the recent release by Stern of Black Knight Sword of Rage. Have you heard this? Yes. Okay, so they have they announced this, Tim, but the strange thing is when they announced it, they announced it one day after the Texas Pinball Festival. So, the debate topic for tonight, should Stern have announced it at Texas Pinball Festival? Tim, I'm going to throw it to you first. Should they have announced this game at Texas Pinball Festival? Of course they should have. I mean, they already had a large captive audience right there with a lot of competitors around there. 
I think it would have been a great thing for them to announce. I don't see what difference one day makes. Well, Tim, I am going to take the opposite. I think they should not have announced it at Texas Pinball Festival, and I think that there's a lot of reasons why they didn't. So, Tim, before I get into mine, though, I'm going to throw it to you first. Why should they have announced this game at Texas Pinball Festival? Well, it's no secret that the Texas Pinball Festival is one of the biggest pinball festivals in the United States, and they have been a very good supporter of Stern Pinball and the new Stern Games, which are always in the tournament area. Uh, Steve Ritchie's always speaking. They're always promoting. All, not, not that they ignore everybody else, but they do give Stern a lot of attention, a lot of time. Plus, you have a really big selection of people there that I'm sure would have been great to ask some questions about or to open up. And maybe they were afraid of the questions they were going to get asked. So, I'll throw it to you, Jonathan. Why should the, I mean, the, to me, the difference of one day didn't make any sense. Had it been a week later, I could understand, or two weeks later, but the very next morning, I would feel slighted a little bit if I was a Texas Pinball Festival organizer that they came to my show, they did all this talking, and they didn't talk about their new game. Well, Tim, here's the thing, though. I mean, the Texas Pinball Festival, I agree, is one of the largest pinball festivals in the world, Tim. And the thing about it is that they had other games to move. If you look at Texas Pinball Festival, you could tell that the focus for Stern was the Munsters pinball machine. They had Munsters celebrities there. It was the Munsters machine was basically their focus for Texas Pinball Festival. And here's the deal. If you announce Black Knight at Texas Pinball Festival with all of those buyers present, do those buyers buy Munsters or do they buy Black Knights? I think that Stern has a priority to move some Munsters pinball machines. And so part of the reason I think that they did not announce this at TPF or should not have announced at TPF is because they had products that they already had to sell, Munsters being one of them. What would you say? I, I see your point, Jonathan, but and I and you're probably right. It probably was more of a marketing type deal, but at the same time, your your audience was there, and uh, pe people have been clamoring for a title, especially one that um, obviously that Stern owns the rights to. That they made up, you know, it's not a licensed type game. The funny thing is that it is a licensed game because they don't own the Williams license. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. I forget Good who owns the Williams. Yeah, I was about to say I forget who owns the Williams license, but somebody else actually owns the Williams license, so they're having to license this title, okay. which seems weird. But Tim, either way, slice it. It's it's not a traditional license title, right? I mean, I, I will agree right. with you there. So, and it just seems to me that it would have been the great forum to announce it. But I do understand what you're saying. It does take away from. But that's just it. You could have blew everybody else's, I mean, Black Knight, are you kidding me? You know, we've been waiting for something like this for years. And to have that, I, you know, it was probably hard for them not to say anything about it or to let it slip out. I should have been there and we should have gave Steve Ritchie some drinks or something and got it out of him. <laughs> but we didn't. And I do kind of understand it, but what do you guys think? Should, well, should they here's the thing. It? i got another point for you here, Tim, is that the, one of the reasons they didn't announce it too, Tim, is that, you know, if you announced it at Texas Pinball Festival, there were a lot of announcements at Texas Pinball Festival. So I think an announcement like that may have gotten lost in the crowd. If you wait till the day after, you've got all the press to yourself. No, the announcement, got all the press to the announcement would have blown away everybody else's things, and you would have, instead of buying... Uh, some other pinball game. I see what you're saying about the monsters, but they also had a lot of competitors there. You would have somebody saying, "Oh no, I'm gonna. I was gonna buy this game, but now I'm gonna hold off because I know that the Black Knight is coming." Because you know we're all on limited funds here, so you know it was like 
I could see that it would have totally uh, separated them apart from the competition, which they had an opportunity to do, and they didn't do I it. Think, I think they could have done it if they just would have done a teaser and didn't say the name of the game and maybe just threw like a little small snippet of a graphic up there. Maybe where almost you would have known, but they didn't have to say right, it. Right, exactly. If they would have done that, I think I could see that. But, Tim, again, they had to move their other properties. They got Deadpool's coming off the line. They got Munster's coming off the line. They still have Batman's coming off the line, Tim. This stuff has to move before they can start putting... Uh, Black Knight's on the line. Well, then they shouldn't have made monsters because nobody wants them. Oh, look that at that. Good. Oh, I heard that. I heard that. So there you go. Well, Tim, Just kidding. I think we'll stop it right there. What do you guys think? Uh, if you're watching this live, of course, you can tell us in the live chat. But if not, please uh, reply on Facebook, Twitter, or via email. Let us know your thoughts. Should Stern have announced Black Knight at the Texas Pinball Festival? Thanks for joining us for the, for the arcade debate segment for tonight. And we'll see you next time. Okay, are we done? Yeah, I, I feel like we done. should add a disclaimer that we're really not mad or nothing. No. <laughs> like, we don't have a dog in the show or nothing. It just seemed like a good debate. I just wondered why they didn't do it that way. But right. What are the guys in the chat saying? Anybody commenting on let's that? Let's see what we got here. Um, let's see. Steve Ritchie is an amazing designer. It's from Michael. The original Black Knight is so good, as was Flash, Firepower, F-14, Tomcat. Over 5,000 people at show this year, so release it. That's what Michael says. Um, let's see. I think that's, um, let's see. They know they don't have to push Black Knight. It will sell with ease. And I think that may be part of Maybe it, too, so. Tim. They don't have to push it. Right. So people will buy Black Knight. I mean, how many of you guys in the chat here have heard of Black Knight? But every time we've ever interviewed Jersey Jack or Stern Pinball, everybody wants to know, what's the next game out there? Sure. And it's just, you know. You have to ask that question. You have to ask that question. Because and it, they never tell you. Exactly. You have but to ask But the next it, day, yeah. that's like, wow, I don't know. I, that, Maybe I'm just weird about that. It just seemed really like, wow, you're going to... You couldn't wait one, a week, right? One, yeah, a week later, okay, you know, whatever. But the next day, I don't know what difference that would have made. And the Midwest Gaming Classic, I think they said there were going to be some Black Knights there. That's oh, the wow. next show, the next big show. So anyway. So they've been working on it a while. There you go. So anyway, guys, let us know what you think. Should Stern have announced the Black Knight Pinball at Texas Pinball Festival. So... Okay, Tim, uh, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about what was announced at the Texas Pinball Festival. It did take place March 22nd through the 24th. Jersey Jack debuted the Wizard of Oz Yellow Brick Road Edition. Nice. Limited edition. Awesome. Multimorphic showed off their Cosmic Kart Racing four-player game, okay. which was apparently very cool. Suncoast Pinball had Cosmic Carnival, Tim, and Mark was at the show, took some video of it, put it up on our Facebook page. A very page. popular video, I must say, on yes, our Facebook so page. Yes, so if you guys haven't seen, seen it, that. you can do that. Um, American Pinball showed off Oktoberfest, Pinball on Tap. Looked fun. And then you can watch the seminars from the event at their Twitch link, twitch.tv slash Texas underscore pinball underscore seminar, if you guys want to see any of the seminars from the event. Okay, Tim, so that does it for the Texas Pinball Festival coverage. Now I'm going to go ahead and go to the chat because it looks like we have okay. a couple of questions and things in here. Um, let's see. Um, Michael says, I was messing around with my punch-out coin door light bulb and something touched and the screen flickered and all my high scores went away. It plays fine, but did I hurt anything? So it sounds like you got a little short. Yeah. Like whenever you touch your light bulb, and it could be that the light bulb, Tim... Uh, you know, you may have touched those two wires together, shorted the power supply for a sec, mm -hmm. and it may have written some bad data to the chip that holds your high scores. Right. And so, you know, in doing that, it may have just been a brief thing. But what you probably want to do is double check all the wiring, turn off the game, double check all the wiring to that light bulb to make sure you don't have a short somewhere in there. Yeah, and really, you're pretty lucky if that's all it did. Exactly. If, if that. that happened and that's all that happened, I mean, only you would know, did you damage anything? If it was playing just fine, your high scores are saving now. Um, you might check the battery that's saving the high scores, but 
other than that, I think you come away pretty lucky. I've took out a whole board before doing that. Exactly. So, okay, let's see what else we have here. Andrew says, I need input on EEPROM programmer. It's best for uh, the TM... TMS 2532-45 chip. I have a top 300 no listing uh, reads chips, but will not write them. Just air FF at 0000. And Tim, you know what? I'm not the expert when it comes to EEPROM programmers. No, fact, you should probably should look on our page and talk to some of our programmers. Well, I was going to say, I know Raymond has uh, several several that he recommends at arcadecomponents.com. Raymond's probably the guy to ask because yes. he burns a ton of chips. And so I would highly recommend contacting Raymond at arcadecomponents.com. He probably would be the best resource for that as far as, like, which one is the best one to use. Yeah. Uh, Tim, I mean, because, you know, most of the time we order ours from Hobby Roms. We right. don't usually burn our own chips. So, I mean, it just depends uh, on, on, you know, how many chips you're burning. If you're doing a lot of burning, Tim, obviously you need your own programmer. But if you're not, mm -hmm. services like Hobby Roms can help you out quite a bit. Okay, let's see what else we have here. Okay, Knights of Old says, Wells Garner Modder doesn't seem to be doing anything from neck to tube. So you're not getting any neck glow. Probably power supply section um, yeah. of your modder chassis if you're having a problem. Check the fuse. Yeah, check the fuse, check the hot, check the flyback, and check all the parts in between, as I like right. to say. So. Well, you got to follow the power where it comes in, through the fuse, through the power supply section. Uh, sometimes it's just a simple cap or something. A filter cap or something could be bad. But it's probably, um, it, or, you know, make sure you're getting power up to your, all the way through, up to your chassis and through it. You know, right, it's going to end somewhere. It's probably and, that power supply. And section. most Wells Garner monitors do require an isolation transformer, so make sure you have that on there, too. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see what else we have here. Andrew says, I had a question. Ask it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we will, we will try to answer it. Um, let's see. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, he was the one that gave us the EEPROM programmer question earlier. Okay. So there you go. So, yeah, the top 3,000, he says. So, there you go. Okay. Burning. He's trying to burn Pac-Man chips, it looks like, Tim. Okay. So, Pac-Man ROMs. Well, so there then you go. he definitely would be able to tell you which one would be better. Yeah, I definitely would contact Raymond on that because, like I said, he's the guy that we go to for a lot of our chips. ArcadeCompones.com. I would be the guy to try out. So, okay. Are we caught up? I think so. So let us move on, Tim. We have another news item here, Tim, that got a lot of traction on our social media pages. Why you can't call your arcade bar a barcade. Right. No, really. You'll get sued. You and can. that is it. And this is from Eater Tim. The company that has the barcade trademark has been sending cease and desist letters to any entity that has tried to use the term in the name for their establishment. While many people believe that the term barcade has a has become a generic description for an arcade bar, the trademark has yet to be challenged. And Tim, um, that really what is what it comes down to. Um, so Barcade, capital B Barcade out of New York, has been sending cease and desist letters to pretty much any arcade bar that says Barcade. Right. But really, they haven't received many challenges on it. Okay. Um, and and even though um, even though their trademark is pretty is pretty um, pretty. Uh, what's the word? I mean, it's it's a pretty good trademark. They really haven't challenged it. And the way that I know it's generic is that there were a lot of reporters, Tim, that if you read stories for arcade mm -hmm. bars, what do the reporters use in their stories? They call it a barcade, you right. see? So if reporters are calling it a barcade, Tim, and these reporters, they're not arcade people. Right. You know what I'm saying? They're just reporters. If a reporter who's not familiar with arcade things calls it a barcade, Tim, to me, that means that that term has gone generic. Gotcha. But without a legal challenge, Tim, without somebody to stand up and say we're going to fight you on it obviously they continue to have this trademark and the more the more of these that they win and the more cease and desist that they get obviously the stronger that trademark has become but what do you think do you think barcade is should be a generic trademark well no i don't think so I, not from if they had 
a hundred locations, maybe, but they have what one location? No, they have like five. Five. Or you know, I'm saying it'd be different if they had, and uh, you know, if they had a nationwide chain or something. But no, I don't. I don't see it very much there. Right now, they're hoping to expand him. They've said well, that before, and maybe that's why they are more protective of their trademark. Maybe. But you but. know, I think this guy would be smarter to allow places to license the term out. You yeah. know, like to say you can say barcade, but I want just a little fee. A yeah. licensing fee. You know okay. what I'm saying? Maybe I think he'd so. be smart to do that. He'd make a lot of money instead of owning the trademark outright. I think so. So anyway, that's just our thoughts. What do you guys think? Should the term barcade be a generic term? Let us know. Or donate so much to charity and we'll let you have it. Exactly. Something Pick like that. Absolutely. Charity or something. So Okay, let's see. Um If they're not if they're opening across the street there, I would understand. Right, exactly. We're, so we have a couple more questions here, Tim. Um, Mr. Dwayne79 says, hey, guys, in a little late. That's okay. You're here. And that's what matters, right? right. Thanks for being here. Uh, let's see. Knights of Old has some more questions, but it looks like Louie's got them. Um, uh, Danny says, been doing adjustments on my mousetrap monitor. Good picture, but it looks a, like a, a little double vision. Um, could it be adjustments on the tube itself? Yes. yes. So it could be the, the convergence slash purity rings that are the problem. It could be the adjustment of the yoke, the physical positioning of the yoke. Tim, um, we have a um, post on our website about the setup and adjustment of, of, a, of a CRT monitor that right. was written by uh, Ingvar, Tim, which yes. is really intelligent, this really stuff. Good. And so you may go back and check that. We also have some other posts on monitors that talk about how to shore up the yoke and how mm -hmm. to make adjustments to, uh, to shim up the yoke. And so if you want to know about that that may be a good way to do it as well but purity rings or convergence rings as we like to call them tim or the physical yoke adjustment those will help if you're having a little bit of like double vision with your with your tube so okay let's see um you guys had a great podcast with um an owner who didn't want their name in the establishment barcade so um Oh, who didn't want to name their establishment barcade? Uh, okay, delusion. I'm not sure exactly what that means. It says, you guys had a great podcast with an owner who didn't want the name their establishment barcade. We did have, on the podcast, I think we did. We had an interview with somebody, I guess. It's been a while. Long time ago. Long time. <laughs> so, yes, exactly. There you go. So, um, let's see. Knights of Old says, having trouble finding a Wells Garner model for mine. It's a 25-inch monitor. If it's a 25-inch Wells Garner... High chance it's a seven, K7000 series. Yeah. Um, may not be, though. It could be a D9200 or something else. But the realbobroberts.net slash monitor.html is where you should go. Right. <laughs> the realbobroberts.net slash monitor.html where he has pictures of all the different arcade chassis and their model numbers. So go there and you can find it. Okay, let's see. I think we're caught up. Okay. Again. So let us go on here. Now, Tim, this got a lot of traction on our social media pages as well, and I thought it's really cool here. Um, Final Fight Mod makes greatest game of all time even better. And, Tim, you might be asking yourself, what in the world can make the greatest game of all time even better? <laughs> better. Okay. A group of faithful fans are developing a mod based on the CPS-1 hardware that allows for three-player co-op. Well, In other better. words, players will be able to control all three characters simultaneously. While the mod has not been released to the general public yet, the creators are working diligently to finish it up. And Tim, you can see a screenshot there where it has all three health bars there on the screen. Crazy. So, as many people who played Final Fight Arcade version know, there were three characters, but you could only play with two of them at any one time. Right. And so this mod would allow you to play with all three of them at one time. I think that's going to make Final Fight boards go up in value? I guess, well, maybe. They are developing it on the CPS-1 hardware, which means this may be as easy as a ROM swap in order to get it working. So, right. I mean, which would be really cool. So, um, it is possible, Tim. So, uh, we'll just keep tabs on it. We'll let you know. Well, uh, you guys more think about it. I, I, I think that's pretty cool. 
Now, Tim, this next news item obviously was just us poking a little fun, but uh -huh. we thought it was funny. Arcade One Up unveils their new super deluxe 10-foot cabinet lineup. I think, yeah, they got tired of everybody talking about how small their cabinets were, so, so they made the mammoth one. Exactly. Well, I, you know, and it really makes you feel like a kid again, right? right. You gotta stand on a step stool to get up there and everything, you know, it really works. So Arcade One Up has announced a whole new batch of arcade machines for 2019. Their new Super Deluxe series will feature 10 foot tall cabinets. No, Tim. April, April Fools. <laughs> this was our joke for the year. So sorry to disappoint, but there are no 10 foot cabinets coming from Arcade One Up. Check the website for info on their upcoming release, Arcade One Up. Dot com. Yes. So we usually do post something for yes. April, April Fools. Fools. So we're kind of known for that. Um, I like April Fools jokes, and this is just me personally. I like April Fools jokes that are obvious but funny. Right. Like you know, right when you read it, it's not real. So I'd like, but to, it's funny. I'd like to throw this out to the chat. What do they think? The, what was the funniest April Fools joke that they heard? And I want to share mine. Oh, okay. I think the funniest one I heard was a wife had saved up like 40 Amazon boxes. I saw the picture of this. Yes. And she put it out in front and made it look like she ordered tons of crap. Right. I thought that was funny. And I would have flipped out too about what did you order? <laughs> I thought of one. I have a friend in the car business. I should have a brand new car with the stickers and everything in the driveway. Like right. like a truck. Like go. something I bought. You know, <laughs> like, and my wife would be like, why did you buy this big jacked up truck? You know, I could probably arrange that. There you go. <laughs> that would be funny. So that was our April Fool's joke. Tim, I even did the nice little photoshopping there. You see that? Hey, look at the like little guy that. right there, and he's looking up at this big uh, arcade one-up cabinet. <laughs> hey, Tim, if you can't make one actual size, why not make right. one that's a lot Mega bigger, size. right? And like I said, it makes you feel like a kid again. you got to get the step stool to get to the controls and everything. <laughs> so, um, obviously, just a lot of fun for us to do that. So, you know, it's just, Tim, sometimes you got to laugh. So yeah. anyway, so uh, guys, I think we're about ready here to wrap it up, but we do want to remind everybody that we want your arcade related videos. If you want some free advertising for your YouTube channel, we're always looking for people to submit short videos about arcade related topics. Send your link to questions at arcaderepairtips.com. Our staff will review it. And if we like it, we'll use it during one of our live show episodes. Make sure you put a plugin for your channel so people will know to find you. We look forward to seeing your submissions. And Tim Delusional obviously sent us a submission as well. So we'll be covering his channel on the next live show in May. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. And Tim, let's go ahead and talk about our contact information real quick. We have our general email, questions at arcaderepairtips.com, questions at arcaderepairtips.com. Make sure you put live show on the subject if you want to mention on the show. Uh, otherwise, we'll try to get back to you at our earliest convenience. Again, questions at arcaderepairtips.com. Tim, we have our YouTube page, youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. And comments from the last show? will be covered on the next episode. Tim, just like um, the one that came from your friend, that was a comment on the last show. Yeah. So the one about the Miss Pac-Man and 19-inch monitors. So wow. there you go. So again, youtube.arcaderpairtips.com. Of course, guys, if you're watching us, you're probably here already, but make sure that you subscribe and all that good stuff. Tim, we have our podcast email, podcast at arcaderepairtips.com. It goes to Eric and Rusty. And Tim, they keep promising me that at some point they're going to do a new episode. Okay. But Tim, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, we will be posting the main live show audio on the podcast feed. So you guys, if you guys are listening to us that way, um, we're there. And hopefully Eric and Rusty will put out some new content soon. But you can subscribe to the podcast feed, Tim, at itunes.arcaderepairtips.com or on Stitcher at stitcher.arcaderepairtips.com. And then Tim, we have our social media pages. We have facebook.arcaderepairtips.com. 
ArcadeRepairTips.com for Facebook and Twitter.ArcadeRepairTips.com for Twitter. Uh, Tim Louie and Mark post most of the stuff on our Facebook page, and both of them do a fantastic job. And Louie's doing a fantastic job tonight in the live chat. Yeah, round of applause you. for Louie. Thank you for being here and for answering more questions. Oh, a round of yeah, applause. I'm giving a round of applause. I see. I understand. Okay. okay. But anyway, we want to thank Mark and Louie for their tremendous support of volunteer work, Tim, we should mention, right. volunteer work of keeping everybody up to date on the Facebook and Twitter feeds. So, now, Put Tim... The Jason Garrett. Oh, the Jason Garrett. Or... Is this it? Okay, yeah. anyway. So, uh, there we go, guys. So, I think that about wraps it up for this. Tim, we have the after show coming up. And we should mention, again, if you're listening to the audio version of this, in order to hear the after show, you will have to go to the live show YouTube page and, you know, kind of go to the end of the podcast or end of the live show, I guess, to hear yep. it. But, Tim, let's talk about some of the stuff, again, that we'll be covering on the after show for those who want to stick around. We're going to talk about investments. We're going to talk about a survey that i like for to, to get some feedback on some ideas I have for Mr. Gaddy's Game Room. Uh, we're going to talk about some movies and TVs and maybe some sports. Uh, we're going to talk about cutting the cord a little bit more. So anyway, and we may just take some general, some more questions. We always take arcade questions there as well, guys. Live but questions. So. the actual arcade section of the live show is about to end. And we do want to thank everybody for joining us. If this is your exit, thanks for joining us. Otherwise, we'll be back in here in about five to ten minutes with the after show. If you guys want to stay tuned for that. And again, if you're listening to the audio version of this, make sure that you check the YouTube page if you want to see the live show. Tim, we want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. And remember... Remember here at Arcade Repair Tips, when we fix the game, we, we play, play the, the game. game. Take Goodbye. care, everybody, and we'll see you later or in the after show. Thank you for watching this episode of the Arcade Repair Tips live show. All of our past episodes are available on our website at ArcadeRepairTips.com or on our YouTube page. This show is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please consult a professional before attempting to repair any coin-operated machines yourself. The preceding program is a Varcade Entertainment production.